the QR code in front of you on the pews. Just put your camera in front of you. You don't have to take a picture. It'll bring up a website, and it brings up a Connect card and all kinds of information for you um, if you want to uh, take advantage of that today. And Lord, I pray for every person at this altar, for people praying from their seats, people praying from home, or maybe on vacation worshiping with us. Father, we pray that whatever's going on in our lives, you would bring victory. Lord, I pray a special prayer for Lloyd Hillard and the loss of his wife, Judy, and ask that you would bring comfort and peace and strength to the Hillard family. Father, we pray for others that are standing in for a family member or friend that's recovering from surgery or facing surgery this week. We ask, God, that you would anoint them with your Holy Spirit and your healing power. Anoint the doctors and nurses that perform the surgery. Father, we thank you in advance for bringing these folks safely through. Father, we pray for families maybe today that are divided and pray that you would bring reconciliation and healing to these families because, God, you bless unity, not division. And I pray, oh God, that you would just bless others that are struggling with depression or battling addiction or loneliness or the guilt of sin Thank you, O oh God, for your mercy and grace. And would you forgive us, O oh God, when we've allowed sin to trip us up and cause us to be less than our best. Help us, O oh God, to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And Father, I pray that if there are any folks worshiping with us, both here and online, that are lost, They've never given their heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus. May today be the day of salvation that some or many would come to know Christ by confessing their sin and asking for your forgiveness, inviting you to come into their heart and life to be their Lord and Savior because, Jesus, you're our only hope. Father, we continue to pray for healing in our nation and in our world. We're thankful, Father, that we're seeing uh, hope moving forward. And Lord, we just pray that you would continue to bless and guide and direct all of our leaders on the national level, our state level, our local level, that they might find wisdom and discernment from you. And I pray, oh God, now that your Holy Spirit might continue to move through this service sing and play through our instrumentalists and musicians. And Father, speak through the power of your word and your servant that your voice might be heard and our lives might be transformed to become more like Jesus. For it is in his strong and holy and powerful name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Before I read the scripture today, I'm so grateful that our choir is here to lead us after the reading of God's word. Thank you all for being here, and ladies, for playing so beautifully, and Haley Martin, one of our young people, for doing an outstanding job singing about Jesus. No greater topic than Jesus, and we're grateful for Haley using her talents for the Lord. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to John chapter 3? These will be very familiar verses to most of you, but they still bring meaning and relevance into our lives. Begin with verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you, Bill and choir, for leading so beautifully. What a beautiful song, and he truly is more precious than silver and more beautiful than diamonds and more costly than gold, and nothing we could ever desire compares with him. I thought it would be appropriate today to share a joke in memory of my father. It's one that my dad has shared a lot through the years, and I shared at the early service, if I had a dollar for every time I heard my dad share this joke, I could pay off the cross center debt and pay your bills and my bills and everybody's bills. Uh, it's a classic. Some of you all will remember as soon as I started sharing it, my dad used to share about this young man that wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. He, he wasn't the brightest bulb ever to shine, and one day this young man went up to his brother and he said, brother, what makes me so dumb? His brother said, beats me, ask your sister. He goes, sister, what makes me so dumb? She said, beats me, ask your father. Father what makes me so dumb said beats me ask your mother mother what makes me so dumb she said huh <laughs> oh my i shared at the early service that sounded a little bit like mr haney off green acres y'all remember <laughs> Hey, Mr. Douglas, this is a genuine potato skinner vacuum cleaner. <laughs> anyway, I pray today that if you have a child or, or maybe a parent, that you would call them today or go see them or, or say, you know what? I haven't told you enough. I love you. And some say, well, they know I love them. They know I don't have to say it. They need to hear it. I love you. And then show it to them as well. Embrace them. Let them know just how special they are. Love is so important. And I love that 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 says, we love because he first loved us. Just this past week, my family and I were eating out in a restaurant. Isn't it great that we can eat out in a restaurant now. I mean, not that my wife's cooking is bad. It was, I grew to love it during COVID, but anyway. <laughs> but the fact is, she knows I'm kidding you. Kidding her. But we were eating out the other night in a restaurant and we had the sweetest little waitress. She was bubbly, she was attentive, she was kind. My wife and my children and I said, I bet she's a Christian. I mean, you could just, can't you just sometimes tell 
I mean, people are scurrying here and there and trying. I said, we bet she's a Christian. Then she had a <clears throat> bracelet on, and it had the initials H-W-L-F. H-W, looked like one of those WWJD bracelets. Remember from years ago, what would Jesus do? And we said, we, we liked your bracelet. What does that stand for? And she said, he would love first. He would love first. And then right there in the restaurant, she just kind of began to start sharing a testimony. She said, I've had a rough upbringing. She's a teenager, still in high school. She said, I've had a rough upbringing. And uh, she said, I work to help pay the bills. And she says, matter of fact, I have three jobs. I work at a senior living establishment. I do home health care for seniors, and I'm a waitress. And she said, I'm, I've got to pay the bills. But she said, I love people because he first loved me. And I thought, here's this teenage girl here letting her light shine with a bunch of hungry, impatient customers. She was letting her light shine, loving because he first loved her and he first loved me. Now, I'm probably going to embarrass my children. I've shared this with you before, but when our firstborn was born, my son Isaiah, I wanted to say something that would be lasting and show how much I loved him. Even though my wife and I dedicated our children to the Lord before they were even born, we, we gave them to the Lord while they were still being developed. And when Isaiah was about one or one and a half, I would take his little hand with his little finger, and I'd put my finger, now his hand swallows mine, but I would put my finger against his, and I would say to him every night before bed, Daddy loves you, and God loves you, and he's got big plans for your life. I've done that to my son and my daughters from the time they were born. Daddy loves you, and God loves you, and he's got big plans for your life. I never wanted them to forget, no matter how bad life gets, no matter how challenging circumstances become, you know you've got a go-to guy. You've got a go-to circle. We're the Lester family, party of five, the circle of trust, to borrow from a movie, that we will always be here to love you no matter what. Through the good, the bad, and the ugly, you can always count on me. But beyond me, because we are imperfect, you always know how much God loves you, and he's got a plan for your life. Even when you don't know what it is, he's got a plan for you. And that's for all of you. Know how much God loved. Maybe your earthly father never told you, but praise God, we've got a heavenly father that loves us unconditionally and sacrificially. And I'm so grateful today that we have love from him, but then we also learn from him, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Our heavenly father has always provided for us, hasn't he? He's always been able to meet our need. Even maybe when we have not had everything we wanted, 
He's given us what we need. That's what Paul said in Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So we know that God gives us not always what we want, but what we need. And we learned that he had a giving heart and spirit, but he's also given us what? He gave us his most prized possession, his one and only son. Now, why did he give us his son? Because Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ Jesus died for us. He was the spotless lamb of God that paid the debt that we could not pay. He sacrificed so that we might have life and life everlasting. He has given us his son. He's given us his wisdom. How many of us have gone to God, the Father, and asked for his advice? We've asked for his uh, counsel. We've asked for his discernment, for the Holy Spirit's leading. And how many of us have gone to our earthly fathers? And James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. We know that in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, that, that we are not to forget our father's instruction and not to forsake our mother's teaching. We've all been taught so many things. I think about all the things God has given me and the wisdom through the years, and I also think about my earthly father, and wisdom he's given me. I mean, my, when I think about my dad from early on, I mean, he taught me how to dribble a basketball and how to shoot a basketball. He taught me how to throw a baseball and to catch it and how to hit a baseball. I mean, my dad showed me how to tie a necktie. And he taught me how to, how to shave. He taught me how to, how to laugh and how to sing and how to worship God. He he told me the importance of prayer and God's word, the importance of tithing, even as a child, would give me money to put in my little offering envelope. He taught me so many life lessons uh, on if you want something in life, you got to go get it. Don't wait for it to come to you. You go get it, whether it's go get the basketball or, or go get the girl or go get whatever. You go after it and not to give up. I joked at the early about how my dad even gave me wisdom when I was single, and I was not wanting to remain single. I was looking for love, and, and my dad used to tell me, he said, Todd, when I was single, when you're looking for a girl, he said, I want to tell you something. He goes, you look at their mother because more than likely, they're going to look like their mother one day. And he said, I want to tell you this. Beauty is skin deep, but ugly's to the bone. <laughs> That's from my dad. I'm so grateful that my mother-in-law is a pretty lady, and so is my wife. And her mother as well. Get some brownie points there. But 
The fact is, I gained so much wisdom from my dad, and uh, we all have wisdom that comes from our Heavenly Father, but also we learn from him spiritual training. Proverbs 22, 6, many of you are familiar with, train a child in the way they should go, so when they are old, they will not depart or return from it. Train a child in the way they should go. Now, this does not guarantee, some of you are here and saying, I brought my child up in the church and taught them this and that, and they have just rebelled. They don't want anything to do with God. They don't want anything to do with church. It's not a guarantee. And then there are some that were not brought up in a godly home or committed Christians right now serving. We don't always understand that, but we have a lot better chance of them loving the Lord and his church when we train a child in the way they should go. Now, what does that mean? We're training them in righteousness, training them in godliness, training them in holiness, training them in Christ-likeness. We are letting them know there's a better way than the way of the world, and that's the way of God. When we do that, we pray that when they are old, or maybe they'll drift away for a little while, they're going to come back because it was instilled in them at an early age the importance of having a relationship with God, the Father, through Jesus Christ. But then not only do we have that, but we also learn a sincere forgiveness, a sincere forgiveness. Now, I shared this passage last Sunday out of Matthew chapter 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. It's not much more clear than that. I mean, that, that really tells it all that in order for us to experience the forgiveness of the Father, we have to be willing to forgive one another. I shared this last week. You're thinking about someone right now. It's a parent. It's a brother. It's a friend. It's a teacher. It's a coach. It's a teammate. Who do you need to forgive today? There's somebody right now that's hurt you deeply, unjustly, unfairly. Maybe you haven't spoken to him since the funeral, since the will was given. You haven't spoken to him, and you need to forgive somebody today. If you want to be forgiven by God the Father, we've got to forgive. It's hard. I know it. Believe me, I'm trying to practice what I preach. It's hard that we're never going to be blessed by God until we can forgive one another. There was a little boy and his dad at the park one day, and the little boy was sitting down on a park bench in obvious pain, and his father said, What's wrong? What's wrong? He said, I'm sitting on a bumblebee. He said, then get up. He said, no, I figure I'm hurting him more than he's hurting me. <laughs> How many of us have some sadistic satisfaction thinking I'm hurting that person more than they're hurting me by not forgiving them? We need to get off the bench of unforgiveness and when we do, we'll find relief from pain and discomfort and a peace prayerfully will be restored. Aren't you ready to get off that bench today? Because it's not hurting them. 
We're the ones that are suffering as a result. But not only do we learn these things, but, and I've, I've told my children this too. I said, you know what? So many adults today see counselors because they've longed for a relationship and approval from their father. And they never received it. And I've told my children, especially my oldest, again, Isaiah, embarrassing him. I said, son, I'd never been a dad before, so you were my guinea pig. And I said, if you had problems when you were an adult and you have to go see somebody, you can blame it all on me and say he didn't know any better. That I tried my best. And I believe I'm a better father to my youngest than I was to my oldest because I was more experienced by the time I got to my youngest. And things that I got all been out of shape about with him, I've shown a lot more grace to the third. And maybe you can relate to that, but we've all had to learn from our mistakes and ultimately learn from our father. And lastly, not only do we learn from, but we live for him. For God so loved the world that he Gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world would be saved through him. Did you know that the theme of John's gospel is life? As a matter of fact, he uses the word life 47 times in John's gospel. Why? Because he wanted us to experience the fullness of life. In John 6, he said, Jesus is the bread of life. In John 7, 37 and 38, he said, he's the water of life. In John 10, 10, he said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly or to the full. He's the abundant life. In John 14, uh, verses uh, Verse 6, he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we know that the message is clear that Jesus brings life. And we all need that life, don't we? And the way we get that life is by giving our hearts and lives to him, by believing in him, trusting in him. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 13 of Romans 10, everyone, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. No matter how bad you've been or how good you think you've been or how holy you think you've been or, or how wretched you think you've been. We all need God's mercy and his forgiveness. And I pray today that you would be willing to live for him who is willing to die for you and to die for me. The great preacher of old, D.L. Moody, said, a man ought to live in such a way that everybody knows he's a Christian, and most of all, his family ought to know. 
Man ought to live his life in such a way that everybody knows he's a Christian. And most of all, his family ought to know. I always knew my dad was a Christian. I never doubted his salvation. He modeled for my brothers and me. We went to church. I praise God whether we wanted to or not. Today, there are more children parenting their parents than parents parenting their children. And we have allowed our generation to lose the importance of worship and communion and fellowship with other believers and the importance of God's church and God's word and praying together. You've heard that saying, I tell couples in pre-marriage counseling, Families that pray together stay together. But we come unraveled when God's nowhere in the mix. But I'm going to share with you in closing something that I didn't even share at my dad's funeral service. I don't even know if all my family knows. My dad was 90 when he went to be with the Lord on December 3rd, about 9.30 p.m., as my mom and my brothers and me and my family were singing around my dad, singing Christmas carols and hymns of faith. I choked back tears when my dad breathed his last breath, but I knew that his last breath here was his first breath in eternity. But a couple of years ago, my dad, who had been a, a great man of God serving in the church and ministry, for many, many over 60 plus years and school principal. My dad, two years ago when he was 88, asked me if I would rebaptize him. And I said, Dad, I know you're, I know my dad was thinking about eternity. And I know dad was thinking probably that he didn't have long here on this earth. And I said, Dad, Look, you, you don't need to be rebaptized. Dad, you can just rededicate your life to the Lord. And I said, with your Parkinson's, it would be very, very difficult to get you down in the baptistry. But I said, you can rededicate your life to the Lord, you know, right now. And he, he knows you love him, and he's saved him. And honestly, I've regretted that I didn't honor what my dad had asked because in his heart and spirit, I guess he was wanting just to, to have that outward symbol of his inward faith that he had made his reservation secure in eternity. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're here and you, you've never accepted Christ into your heart. People can say what they want. It's my understanding of God's word that Jesus is the only way to get to God, our Father in heaven. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We baptize because Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Why did Jesus do it? I think to set the example for us so he could relate with our humanness to begin his earthly ministry, to fulfill all righteousness from God the Father. And we know when Jesus came up out of the water, what did he say? 
This is my son whom I love, and I am well pleased. Man, if it pleases God the Father, then I'm all about it. In the Great Commission, Jesus said, Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. Is it possible that you're here and you've been coming to church a long time, but just coming to church doesn't make you a Christian? It identifies what team we're on, but the only way that we experience salvation is through Jesus Christ. We are saved by grace through faith, and this not from ourselves, it is the gift of God, lest any man boast. Maybe you want to recommit your life. Maybe you're a Christian, but your love has grown cold and the flame is flickering and about to go out and you want to rekindle the flame and, and be on fire for Jesus again. You can do that today. You can rededicate your life. A lady came, to, I was praying at the altar during the invitation at the first service. A lady came down from the balcony, was standing right there. She said, God spoke to me today and I want to recommit my life and I want to be baptized again because I'm thankful for everything God has done for me. Maybe you want to recommit your life and schedule a time to, to do what I wish now I would have done for my dad. Or maybe you've been looking for a church. We had a fine couple, John and Brenda Darnell, who joined at the early service. They visited, they said, about 12 churches before coming here right before COVID. And you know what they said? As soon as we came through the doors, we felt like we were at home. And if you've been looking for a place to call home, not perfect place, but a place where you will be loved and encouraged and supported. We'd love to have you to be a part of this family of faith. Look, my dad wasn't perfect. I'm not perfect. But God, our Father, is through Jesus Christ. What's your decision today? What would God have you to do on this very special day as we pray together? Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or young people here and they've never taken that first most important step to give their heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus, why not today? One day it'll be too late. May they pray a simple prayer in their own words, dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Lord, if they could pray a simple prayer to begin this lifelong, eternal journey, may they pray it. Lord, maybe there are others that are Christians, but... They've allowed unforgiveness and anger and resentment to build up. And Lord, we can read your word and we can post all kinds of scriptures on our Facebook, but then if we're not loving our brother or our sister and we are not treating people with love and respect, then it's for naught. 
Help us, O oh God, to be genuine and to be authentic. Maybe someone wants to recommit their life to you and follow through the waters of baptism. Lord, maybe there are folks that have been looking for a place to call home and, and they want to be a part of a church that's not playing a game and not, uh, Father, trying to be this or that. We're just trying to be who you want us to be, God. We're trying to be lights in a world where people need the light and love of Jesus. God, would you bring new family members in today? We'll just give you all the praise. May we listen to hear your voice calling us, and may we respond in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're in this place and come as we sing a hymn of invitation. If you're watching online, contact me or the church office. It would be our privilege to pray with you about your decision. Won't you come as Jesus calls?
moment, and you can finish this if you're not done. Very good. I want to introduce to you, first of all, Debbie Gully. If you would come up here beside me, Debbie. <clears throat> Some of you may already know Debbie. Her daughter, Kim Beers, uh, comes to this church, and uh, Debbie is coming from Tennessee. Uh, unfortunately, uh, what brought her back? No, I didn't mean. <laughs> that didn't come out That's right. The unfortunate reason for her coming back this way is that her husband passed away and she came back to be closer to family. Her sister is Jeannie Perry. Many of you know Jeannie. And, but anyway, she comes to make this her church home. And Debbie, we welcome you and know God has led you to us and we pledge to love and support and encourage you as we serve together. I know you went to show Debbie our love for her coming today and our support by letting it be known by saying amen. Amen and prayer. Thank you. You can be seated. <clears throat> then I'm going to invite Brandy Kraft and John Sinner to come up here and stand beside me, guys. If you all would come up here. I'm so grateful today that uh, Brandy comes receiving Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior and is going to follow through the waters of baptism. As a matter of fact, we're going to do it right after the service today. And I'm so grateful for that. And this is John Center, which is her fiance. And John comes, being a moving uh, a membership from another church in town. John, we welcome you. And we welcome you, Brandy. It was my privilege to go have lunch with this fine couple this week. Talk to them about life and, <clears throat> excuse me, spiritual matters. And, and it was there where Brandy showed a, <clears throat> a genuine desire for Jesus in her life. And as she and we all have felt before unworthy of God's mercy and grace, he gives it to us. And we welcome you. And I know, again, the angels are singing and rejoicing in heaven over your decision to accept Christ. I know you want to pledge your love and prayers for Brandy and for John by letting it be known by saying amen and applause. Bless you. You all can be seated. What a great day this truly is. And know that if you would like to speak with me or one of our staff about a spiritual decision, it would be our privilege. I mean, if COVID has shown us one thing that we don't need to put off what we need to do today because we're not promised tomorrow. So if you need to make a decision for Christ, don't wait till you got it all together because it won't happen. We're never going to have it all together. But he is the glue that holds us together when everything else is falling apart. So thank you so much for being here. There will not be discussion questions today. Enjoy time with your family. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful day. And I'm going to invite guys, if you all would just join me out in the foyer so people can come by and welcome you into this family of faith. I'm going to invite you to stand. And don't forget how much God loves you and we love you too as we sing a closing song.
Thank you, and God bless you.